At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Yeah, we're back. Hi again. No, notice, notice, we have not hit my Peter Jackson yet. I know, right? But everyone knows it's coming. All right, sir. <laughs> we are up to your number uh, six. Six. Who was one of your picks? It is Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. 21 director credits, 30 writer credits, 22 producer credits, eight Oscar nominations, two wins. Um, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. I, I really enjoyed that film. I didn't think I was going to, but it was just a lot of fun. Um, it was... It- there was a lot of good humor in it. Oh God, yeah. Um, I I had a good time watching it. Yep. Uh, don't got a whole lot more to add to what you had, except that Tarantino himself has claimed that he steals from every movie that is ever made. Um, he somehow recreated certain scenes or styles and managed to come up with the results that feel like his own. But I mean, he started. Oh, I, I I'm sorry. I actually have more. He likes oh, to pay homage you? to other great scenes and genres like Kung Fu and spaghetti Westerns. And um, he does this by imitating and incorporating them into his own works. Uh, but he gives it his own style and flavor at the same time. Uh, he started out as a video. He worked in a video store, a video yes. rental store uh, in Manhattan Beach in California. And uh, he would like talk to 
the people that were getting movies. He would, he would take note of a customer's first checkout and then ask him questions about that. And based on that feedback, he would then make recommendations to these people. The back and forth across a broad spectrum of customers allowed him to gather two important pieces of info. The collective knowledge of what people were looking for in a movie and his sense of what made a movie good that was also shared by others. So he was pretty confident that he could use this information and his own emotional responses in his own writing and shape that into a screenplay that those people in general would respond positively to. And, and it's a, it's just a good tool for a screenwriter to have, you know, know what your, know what your audience wants. There you go. That's my, that's my whole thing on Quentin. 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 And, and that was your number six, right? Yes. I'm gonna, so you. Since we've already talked about Quentin, I'm going to move on to okay. my number six. Okay. Who was, um, well, man, how, how do you say this? Uh, he was an innovator, is an innovator. I guess he's still alive. Um, made one of my favorite movies, THX 1138, uh, which if you have not seen it, it has Robert Duvall in it, and it's yeah. a futuristic... Uh, Shoestring budget, cool looking... Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was a, it was a great film. I mean, I, I love those shoestring budget films. Like he's the majority of the money that he spent was spent on getting Robert Duvall to yeah. star in it. <laughs> Freaking awesome. Uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about yet, let me give you a hint. He wrote all of the Indiana Jones and he directed a whole bunch of Star Wars films. Oh, wait, he kind of wrote them, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm talking about George Lucas, founder of ILM, Industrial Lights and Magic. Born. Born. Hold on. Hold on, I, I, I have to say this because I'm, uh, you know what, I'm really fucking hating this iPad. <laughs> well, you spilled beer on it, what do you expect? Like, every time I touch it, it says undo, undo, <laughs> and when you press no, don't undo anything, it scrolls all the way to the bottom of my 36 pages of notes. <laughs> And do what I do and just split screen the shit on your big screen. Uh, do what I do. Buy a freaking Windows base. <laughs> Apple sucks. Uh, okay. George Lucas was raised on Walnut Ranch in one of my favorite towns, Modesto, California, which just happens to be the home of the Universal Life Church. <laughs> which, oddly enough... I'm a reverend with. <laughs> I was ordained by the Universal Life Church out of Modesto, California. 
I, who, for all I know, George Lucas could have started that. Oh, that'd be a little freaky. That would be. Um, did Did you know what George Lucas originally planned to be? Uh, no, because believe it or not, he is not on my list. He planned to become a professional race car driver. However, a horrible accident during his high school years ended his ability. Oh, wow. Or his dream ended that dream permanently. The accident changed his view on life. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Let's 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 go through the list. Um here here is really kind of the interesting part of George Lucas being on my director list. He only directed 20 movies. Yeah. Uh he directed Herbie. Oh yeah. Classic. Directed Electronic Labyrinth, THX 1138. Directed The Emperor, which was a documentary short. Uh, directed THX 1138, the full movie. American Graffiti. That, in my opinion, may be his finest piece. That, I think... I, I can't say that it was his pinnacle. I think Star Wars, I think the first Star Wars movie was his pinnacle. But American Graffiti was a different type of movie. And it was it was insanely good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it is that slice of life Americana that just, yeah. I mean, it was the, the basis for Happy Days for crying out loud. Right. I mean, Richard Gere was in incredible in that. Uh, no, just, no, he wasn't. What am I thinking? <laughs> Hang on, I can Han Solo, perhaps, oh, or Richie Cunningham. I don't know which you're thinking no, about. It, it, it was it, it was Richie Cunningham was what I was thinking about. <laughs> Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Oh, that was his name. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta quit drinking, man. Oh, holy hell. No, I was thinking about Richard Dreyfus. That's what it was. Ah, okay. Fair enough. It wasn't Richard Gere. It was Richard Dreyfus. Sorry. Yes. Hey, I got the Richard right. You got the Richard right. Um, Good dick. Cindy Williams was in it. Yeah. No, no. Wolfman Jack. I know, right? Uh, Mackenzie Phillips, who, uh, she was, she, uh, the she TV was, series and I can't remember, uh, Bonnie yeah. Tyler and, and, uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Yes. Not good times. It was, uh, uh oh, shit. Oh, uh, what? one day at a time. Thank you. <laughs> peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back when, well, Valerie Bertinelli still hot, but, um, Wolfman Jack, gosh. Harrison Ford, Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins. I forgot he was in it. <laughs> um, Terrence McGovern, uh, Kathleen Quinlan. Anyone else that stands out? Uh, Charles imports, Martin I, Smith. 
oh yeah, Charles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that. Anyways, American Graffiti was was a great. It was a great film. It that that film allowed him to call the shots on Star Wars. So thank goodness for that film. Correct. Uh, Star Wars was actually the very next film that he directed, and it took him. Okay, American Graffiti was nineteen seventy three. Star Wars was nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. There was a big break there, but he also wrote it. Yeah. So. And had to uh, develop new camera effects. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a whole, it was a big process. Uh, I, I, I have to say that, that we grew up with the, the original trilogy. So you, you had the New Hope. You had uh, Empire Strikes Back. And then you had um, originally called Revenge of the Jedi, but Jedi don't take revenge. It was Return of the Jedi. Yes. Um, he wrote all of those, but he only directed the first movie. That is correct. He, he did not direct Empire Strikes Back. He did not direct. Uh, he didn't direct again until The Phantom Menace. No. And, and then he did. He directed. Uh, one, two, and three. Uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's all he directed. That's probably why he didn't make it onto my director list. I mean, I, his producing, his writing, his involvement in movie, movies is is definitely monumental um, and impactful. There, but for me. His directing just didn't put him on the list. Uh, The reason he's on the list is because my favorite film of all times is Star Wars. There is no other film that lives. uh, Star Wars is in the box. Oh, yeah. Um, And and it, it was the first movie besides Rocky Horror Picture Show that I went and saw over 400 times. Yeah. In a movie theater. I, it, I saw Star Wars, and, and understand, it was 1977, and I was, oh, God, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. I mean, I saw it 14 times in the movie theater in its original showing. It, in Medina, Ohio... In 1977, Star Wars ran in that movie theater for over a year. Oh, wow. Lucky you. That's that's how important that film was. And, you know, I do take into consideration the other stuff that he's done. Yeah. Uh. I do take into consideration the fact that he's written 179 movies. And, and that's that's huge. Oh, yeah. Um, plus, one of the directors, he is, he is key in making another director probably the best director in the world. 
and he's going to show up on my list after a little while. He's going to show up on my list at some point in time. But <laughs> anyways, that is where we're at. Cool. And that was your number... Number six. That was your number six. I we am are up... number five. Yes. And this is another Scott also pick, Mr. James Cameron. Ah, Yes. Aliens, seven nomination, two wins. The Abyss, four nominations, one win. Terminator 2, six nominations, four wins. True Lies, one nomination. Titanic, 14 nominations, 11 wins. Avatar, nine nominations, three wins. This guy knows what an audience wants to see, and he delivers that. Um, and he loves technology. And he loves to push the boundaries of technology to get something unique. Um, he's very good at filling the screen with details that don't look very important, but it makes you more likely to think that you're looking at something in reality rather than a set. Um, you can't shoot the movie Titanic on a ship, you know, because it's not going to look like the Titanic, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't try to make you feel like that's what you were looking at. Um, when it comes to big, this is like watching uh, Aerosmith at an arena. He's he's into that big, epic. It's, it's got to fill the screen and just be mind blowing kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I love James Cameron movies. So there you go. We talked about him enough now. Yeah, but you know not. I, I don't want to uh, belittle his his work. He 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 was. Mm. We've already talked about him once, yes, but he 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 deserves. Oh yeah. He he deserves whatever position we put him in. I had him a little bit lower. Yep. Um, but I just I mean I love I love the Terminator and I love Aliens. I, I really like the Abyss, obviously more than you do. Um, and True Lies is such a fun film. Oh my God, that's such a fun film to watch. And yeah. Titan—I mean Titanic. Like I like—I never saw that movie when it was out in the theaters because I'm like, oh, let me guess, the ship sinks. Okay, yeah, I got it. But then you you watch the movie and it's like, oh God, it, like yeah, you know me, I'm a sucker for a period piece. Oh man, th that movie ticked off all the boxes for me. Like yeah. I felt like. I was there and I just, I loved that feeling. Like I, I felt like I'd been on that ship and I just, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. So that's why he's a little bit further up on my list. Well, mine, he's got one. 61 writer credits and 45 producing credits other than his 26 directing credits. So he's another one of those guys that is like involved in way more stuff than you, than you know about. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed James Cameron. I, I've enjoyed every movie he's come out with, so I, I have nothing to to complain about there. Um, all right. So, what is your my number, number five? five yes, has already been discussed once. Uh, he well.
And we'll be discussing this man in the near future at Great Links. I, I have a funny feeling we're going to be discussing him for a couple of days. Uh, needless to say, this is Peter Jackson. We've already discussed him. Three Oscars. Three Oscar wins. Yes. In his name alone. Uh, and that was for Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return, The Return of the Kings. That's the one that won big. Yes. Because he kept getting close. Like he was like, okay, we're going to nominate Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Okay. Didn't win anything. Two Towers. Didn't win a damn thing. Return of the King. They were just like, yep. Yep, you get it. There, take it. there you go. Have fun. Get a bunch of gold. Yeah, there you go. bunch of bunch of gold statues. You, you yeah, you paid your dues. Uh, he, here's the thing about Peter Jackson that we didn't discuss. He has only directed twenty three movies. Yep. Only written twenty, and only has twenty nine producer credits. Not done a ton of stuff, but picks out really good stuff i mean i I appreciate the fact that he wanted to redo king kong and make it look pretty didn't quite get there but i i appreciate the effort because i loved the old original king kong i mean every thanksgiving that was on tv and i just i used to love that i I love that old king kong movie so yeah uh, well i i can't okay i enjoyed king kong I thought it was a very well done movie. Yeah. I thought the the graphics, the the CGI was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, you're right. I don't think that you can. There's certain movies that you just can't replace. No. Uh, and King Kong is one of those. You're you're just never going to be able to replace that movie. Uh, he did a great job and all, but oh yeah, it, it's never. I, I liked it, but yeah, the the pinnacle was Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, um, even the Hobbit. While the Hobbit was good, it he he made it he made it into three movies, and he shouldn't have. the The thing about the Hobbit is that you can read that book fairly quickly. Yeah, it, it 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 could have been two movies, and that would have done it justice. Yeah. Um. But, you know, like I said, he 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 had the balls to go and do the Tolkien stories and and make justice out of it. Yeah. And I I I, I have to. I mean. They were, I, I, I have to love him forever for making those three movies. That that's a uh, uh, my my father and I had one thing that we that was always us, and that was Tolkien. We went we went to Bilbo's in Akron, and <laughs> what did my father do the entire time? He looked at every painting on the wall. <laughs> And that was that was all based on the old Rankin Bass cartoons. Yeah, yeah. which I own that DVD. It is somewhere in my house. <laughs> but 
not not to delve into Peter Jackson any more than we really have to, but he 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 made Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was one of the toughest books that I read because that's true. Because I, I read that book as the movies were coming out because I because I read it years and years before, right? And I wanted to reacquaint myself with the the written part. It, it it was it's a tough book to get through the middle part especially it's, it's yeah it, it just it's, draws we're walking and we're walking and, and we stop on. here and then we're walking and we're yeah it's it's a lot of walking in that book um i think he did uh, i think he did those movies justice anyways we are up to your number 4 my friend we are yeah oh my gosh we are okay this, I think, is probably going to be a you-don't-have-this-guy-on-your-list guy. Okay. And this is a guy I would love for us to do maybe a movie deep dive on or something like that. My number four is a guy that has 29 director credits and not a single Oscar nomination. And he is mostly... Uh, oh, 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 let me, let me guess. Let me guess. How did you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, his lowest Rotten Tomato score for any of his movies is 74%. His highest is 96%. And he originally started out doing uh, TV for BBC. He did a, uh, a series called Spaced, which is about these two people that, that, didn't know each other, but wanted to rent a flat, and they decided to pretend like they were dating so they could rent this flat in, in London. Um, this is Edgar Wright. Oh, not on my list. But, oh, my God, do I love watching his movies. I mean, well, Shaun of the Dead was basically his breakout movie, and it is it is possibly one of the best zombie movies ever george romero like was referenced in that movie and, and and he called this guy up and said i love what you did with zombie movies and actually asked um edgar wright and uh the two leads in Shaun of the dead um oh man i'm yeah bourbon is killing my brain cells now um simon Pegg and the the heavyset guy to actually be zombies in his next zombie movie that was coming out. So they they actually have cameos as zombies in a George Romero gotcha. zombie film. Um, Hot Fuzz, funny film. He 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 takes a genre and and does it credit and does an homage to it and puts in so many little bits. Um, and then there's and then he goes wildly off path with his stuff and does Scott Pilgrim versus the world. What a bizarre film. And what a guy. I, I could watch that film over and over. It's one. It, I, I don't buy a ton of films. The first time I saw that film, I went on to whatever uh, Google or whatever and bought that film. And just so I have it permanently. And then he did the world's end, which is the, the, have you ever heard of the Toretto trilogy? Yes. So it is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End is the Toretto Trilogy. 
Yes. And then and then Baby Driver. That film, his incorporation of of music into his films is almost second to none. If you are if he's got a piece of music in that film. Almost all the time, the action is completely in time, in beat with the music. If they are firing shotguns, it's on every backbeat of the drum. If they, it, it's his stuff is so good. Um, and like I think Wes Anderson, I talked about real quickly, the way he frames stuff, like he'll take a proscenium within the side of a proscenium and frame his stuff like that. And Edgar Wright does the same thing. But his his quick switches, um, I was just watching a video earlier tonight. Like if you have a movie and you have to get a character from one state in the United States to another, you do a little montage of driving and you see a, a picture of a landmark or a sign that shows you where you're going and it always from left to right. And then there's a, a shot from a helicopter going on top of a big building. So, you know, where they've landed at. That's the way that most films lazily do. Uh, this person has to get from here to there. This guy, it takes it to a whole nother level. There's a piece of music in the background. All the cuts are to the beat of the music. They, uh, hot fuzz you see shots of his cell phone the further he gets into the country the lower the bars on his phones go um and he does some match shots that are just unbelievable where like you're in a daytime shot and then they literally come back the next day and do a, a nighttime shot and just perfectly frame it so that there's no jump in the frame there's nothing it's just this perfect blend from day to night um Oh, God. And this guy's a movie lover, and he loves all genres. Um, Is it possible he... for you to shut the fuck up for 10 seconds? <laughs> Is it possible for you to shut the fuck up for 10 seconds? Is it possible for you to shut the fuck up for 10 seconds? Sorry. <laughs> you, you go off in your tangents because you love a film. You know, you love something. That, this is my guy right here. And he's another one of those auteurs. He directs every single aspect of his films, the scripts, the visuals, the camera, the acting. His attention to detail and foreshadowing is unparalleled. You can watch any of his movies. If you pay attention in the first five, six minutes of the movie, you know the plot of the whole movie, but you have to listen and look and pay attention. And you can see the whole thing going down. It's great. You will never, ever pick up on all the subtle details on a first watch of any of his movies. You can watch any of these movies five or six times ago. Oh shit. I did not realize that. I mean, like in Shaun of the dead, there's a scene that's probably 20 minutes into the film where the zombie apocalypse is going on. And this, this groom mm -hmm. who is a zombie walks in the front door because they always forget to lock the front door in the very beginning of the movie. When he is walking back to his apartment, oblivious to the zombie apocalypse, that guy is a block away. You can see his blue suit a block away, and it takes about that length of time for that zombie to amble up to the front door. I mean, it, it, stuff is beautiful. Um, I, I'd love to do a deep dive on one of his films or him or whatever. So anyway, yeah, Edgar Wright, number four. I, I love this guy. I'm done.
No, no women. No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, wrong movie. All right, we are up to my number four. Yes, Tim Burton. Who we talked about earlier. Cool. I, I, I don't think that I need to say anything else. Um, except that, did you know that he was how he originally got started into doing films like this well he like i said before it was an animator on tron but he started working for disney didn't he yeah but do you know what got him interested in this no vincent price movies no that that makes a whole shit ton of sense yeah he apparently um while he was working at Disney, uh, spent most of his, no, here, he spent most of his childhood as a recluse drawing cartoons and watching old movies. He was especially fond of films with Vincent Price. And, and then he got to use him. He got to have him. That was one of Vincent's last movies, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. So he actually ended up being able to to work with his teenage idol that's that's and awesome i i just i i don't think that there's anything else that we can say about uh <laughs> tim burton he's just he's his and, look his feel his style he loves comics and we love comics and yeah 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 he, it, he is, I, it just doesn't it doesn't change so Anyways, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call it there. Uh, how about your number three? Uh, number three is one of your picks, Mr. Ridley Scott. Ooh, fifty six interesting. Fifty six director credits for Oscar nominations, one hundred and fifty two producer credits, but only five writer credits. So this guy was. A little bit different from a lot of our picks, but uh, the original Alien, that was a mind-boggling film. I mean, it was like, it was more of a horror film than it was a sci-fi film. It was a, it was a horror film set in outer space. Um, Blade Runner, that he is the godfather of cyberpunk. Yeah. I mean, th that that term didn't exist until that movie came out. Um, it's it's based on a really kind of pretty good book. Um, and even without CGI, he made his films look and feel very real. Um, if you watch Aliens, I mean, it, it's an outlandish place to set a film, but it looks sleek and terrifying at the same time. Um, his, his use of atmosphere is phenomenal, uh, lighting attention to set detail and design. Uh, he's very good at his craft. He knows what looks good on camera. I mean, the guy built half of a Coliseum for the movie gladiator. Um, he filled blade runner with neon and rain and smoke and he used darkness for his shots, uh, he knows what lenses 
to to lend the the mood uh, you know yeah and, and and actually you know he and he did Hannibal too do you remember Hannibal yeah yes yeah. <laughs> I mean I love yes Silence of the Lambs and I had to look up that director and realize he didn't but, really do a ton but mm-hmm. I loved Hannibal holy cow Hannibal was just ruthless oh, I it was loved so it. good uh, Prometheus not a lot of people like that film. I loved that film. I thought it was beautiful. I loved the origin story of Alien. Um, I really like The Martian, and I'm surprised that not a lot of people like The Martian. I think it's a great film. I love watching that. Um, I, and even I thought Alien... The Martian. I thought the The Martian was was extremely well done. It's that's one of those films. It's like Castaway. Any yeah. type that any time yeah. you have a film where there's just one actor in it. Uh, for the majority of the film, yeah, it it you you have to have you have to have a great actor in that role. Tom Hanks was brilliant in Castaway. Yes, um, I I I don't um, oh my gosh, why is his name coming up blank to me? Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> The the born ident the born guy yeah I I, I love those yeah, the born guy. too, um. Anyways, I, I thought he did a great job, and I, I would be willing to bet the directing was was very heavily uh, part of that. Yeah, being such a good movie and him doing such a great job in that movie. Yeah, I, a, you, you feel like you're there. I mean, you know it. it it wasn't like dark, like Alien or Blade Runner. It was kind of bright and orange, and but it was scary as hell. And yeah, it was like Castaway on another planet. But it was like, yeah, I'd love that film. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Alien. Let's see, two nominations, one win. Blade Runner got two nominations. Thelma and Louise, like that one, threw me for a loop. I'm like, really, Scott did that film? But it got six nominations and one Academy Award win. Gladiator, 12 nominations, five wins. Prometheus got a nomination. The Martian got seven nominations. Uh, Alien Covenant, not a bad film, not a great film, but not a bad film, you know. Yeah. So um, that was that's my number three. And, and Scott, Scott also loved Ridley Scott, too. Well, guess what my number three is? What's your number three? My number three is Ridley Scott's brother, Tony Scott. And uh, I, I know I've heard the name, and I can't place a single movie that he's done. So, Tony, please enlighten me. Tony Scott was a British-born film actor, director, and producer, and was the youngest of three brothers, one of whom was film director Ridley Scott. He was born in North Shields, Northumberland, England. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he died. He died in uh, Tony Scott passed away at age 68 on August 19th, 2012 in California. His oh, movies, wow. his movies uh, include The Hunger. I remember that movie. Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, 
Uh, he directed two music videos, George Michael's One More Try and Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. <laughs> he directed Days of Thunder. <clears throat> directed Crimson Tide. Hmm. Directed The Last Boy Scout. True Romance. Enemy of the State. Uh, Spy Game. Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. Okay. The Taking of Pelham 123 with Denzel Washington. Uh, he was a co-writer of the TV series Numbers. Interesting. And the last movie he made was Unstoppable. Um, hmm. He worked a lot with Denzel Washington. Uh in Crimson Tide, Taking of Pelham, One, Two, Three, Deja Vu, Man on Fire, um, and Unstoppable. Uh, he True Romance was a movie that he directed, but was written by Quentin Tarantino. Interesting. Uh, Scott had a lot of control over the film and received great reviews for it. True Romance is not one that I remember. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, uh, I did see The Last Boy Scout. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, True Romance. Who was in this? Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, uh, Val Kilmer, Dennis Hopper, Gary Oldman. Oh, there's our boy again, Gary Oldman. Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken. How have I not? Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Bronson Farrell. James Gandolfini. Mm -hmm. How have I not seen this film? I have no clue. Tom Sizemore's in it, too. Paul uh, Bates. I, I don't know. In Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl. Well, okay, there you go. Mom probably didn't want me watching that. Steals cocaine from her pimp, tries to sell it in Hollywood. The owners of the cocaine track him down, attempt to reclaim it. Interesting. I think this is a movie we need to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh, uh, Tony Scott. It's I, on I've, Tubi. Oh. I'll have to watch oh. that. <laughs> um, I I have to say uh, The Hunger oh it was uh, The Hunger was the vampire movie starring Susan Sarandon Davy Bo David Bowie David and Bowie. Kath Kathy Denevue yes um, he was asked by producer Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer to, to direct Top Gun uh, starring Tom Cruise, uh, just uh, he has a lot of his brother in him. Uh, but but Tony took the the adventure the, the adventurous side of of the film industry, and I mean Days of Thunder. I just pressed cancel and it went all the way to the freaking bottom again. <laughs> There's probably a setting in there somewhere that you can adjust that. Mm. 
I, I, I'm not even going to explain why it does that. Anyways, Tony Scott was a brilliant director. Loved his Days of Thunder. It really resonated with me because I, I yeah. love motorsports. Um, and I, I was extremely sad that he died uh, when he did because he, he had a lot of years left in him, I think. And on that note, we are up to your number two, sir. Oh, my. I don't think... I, I don't have this listed as somebody that we have gone over that you have, but maybe you do. Uh, my number two is a gentleman with 57 directorial credits, 27 writer credits, 181 producer credits, 19 Oscar nominations, three wins, his movies have a total of 32 Oscars. Um, and his first movie was one of the very first movies I ever saw on HBO. There was a friend of mine in sixth grade that his parents had HBO on their TV. I had never seen this movie and it was just like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm doing something bad. Jaws was the first movie I saw on HBO. That had four nominations and three wins. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. Temple oh. of Doom. Last Crusade. Oh. Hey, E.T. Hey. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This all go away. 
happen again <laughs> uh so we were on my number number two two my number two and i need a better background let's see that'll work because that definitely will make the listeners much happier uh, uh, yeah well yeah duh <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, my number two guy is a guy with 57 director credits, 27 writer credits, and 181 producer credits. I think we have kind of mentioned this guy or alluded to this guy earlier. 19 Oscar nominations, three wins, but his movies themselves have 32 Oscars. So this guy, the, the first film I ever saw of this guy, I was in sixth grade and uh, one of my friends, his parents had HBO, like when HBO first came out, like, like you had to like go, oh, this movie's showing at three o'clock. So I am not going to turn on any more audio. Okay. We're going to finish and I will add the audio in. Uh, when I edit, because I, I every thirty seconds it just starts going. Oh Jesus! Here. And I, I can't hear a word you're saying. Oh, that's no bueno. Well, uh, this computer's done. <laughs> it's just it, it doesn't have the power to do what we're asking it to do. So yeah. yeah. Poor little guy. He's trying his best. Uh, well, he's about to get my shoved at his USB port. <laughs> <sighs> Don't you mean your <laughs> floppy disk? <laughs> so you, you were saying that this gentleman has a whole bunch of credits. Yeah, he has a mess of credits. And the first movie I ever saw on HBO uh a friend of mine in sixth grade had HBO. His mom and dad had HBO and everything. And I watched this movie and it was called Jaws. This mm. gentleman's name is Steven Spielberg. Okay. And like I thought for a second about not putting him on the list, but I was like, I'm looking at all these films like, no, this is all, this is all the stuff that I love dearly. Jaws with four nominations, three wins. Uh, and then that movie alone probably would be on the list, but then Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Holy cow, nine nominations, two wins. And then he goes and does Raiders of the Lost Ark. Man, you're missing the best movie he ever came out with. What was that? Starring Jim Belushi. The Blues Brothers? Nope. Continental Divide? 1941. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The Continental Divide was absolutely, I loved that flick. <laughs> Still think that was his best movie he ever made. But, but I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I mean, he, he wanted to direct a Bond film and all the people were like, 
no, we only have we 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 only have British directors doing Bond films. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll just go make my own. And Raiders of the Lost Ark and its other follow-up movies have surpassed all the James Bond films put together. So good decision on their part. Uh, but yeah, good for us. Uh, Lost Ark, Temple of Dune, Last Crusade. Let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 nominations, seven wins between those three films. E.T., The Extraterrestrial, nine nominations, four wins. The Color Purple, 11 nominations. Empire of the Sun, I've never seen, but it looks beautiful. It's, it's an absolutely gorgeous film. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, he comes out with this little you know, indie piece called Jurassic Park, whatever, you know, it's kind of a throwaway film, whatever. Uh, and then Lost World. Now, then he he goes, you know what? I want to do something a little serious. And he does Schindler's List. And that's a pretty amazing film. Uh, 12 nominations, seven wins. Saving Private Ryan. Um, that That's a film that like, puts end, you in the shit he and makes up, you feel everything that's going on he ended up really loving working with tom hanks and yeah. and he did he did one or two more films with him including the terminal um yep. which was was just i just who, who the hell thinks that stuff up um <laughs> Uh, so, so you know, this was my number one. Fair enough. Pick. Um, well, I will. I will just say a couple other quick thingies. Then uh, AI, artificial intelligence. I actually really like that movie. It's not a widely loved movie. I really like it. Uh, it, was, it, it, it. It was it hard. Me in, it kicks me in the the feels. It 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 it, it tickles my sci fi side. Uh, the visuals are gorgeous. I, I, I really like that film a lot. I, 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 the, okay. The cinematography was incredible. Uh, oh God. It was I'll say that what got me was the scariness of, of the storyline. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a kid's movie by no. any stretch of the imagination. It is not a kid's movie, even though Haley Joel Osment as a little kid is the main character in it. Um, I, I think it's a gorgeous film. Um, Minority Report, I, really great action film, which, you know, uh, you know, catch me if you can. I love that. I mean, you know, me, I, you know, period piece films. I totally dig that stuff. I, I love that film. And then, and then this one to me is kind of a throwaway film, but I love ready player one. It, it just, I, I love the going back to the eighties vibe. I just, yeah, I, I love that. He's very versatile as a director. Um, he does science fiction to feel good movies all the way to Schindler's list. Uh, Jaws was really the original summer blockbuster film. And let's face it, 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 that just gave everyone an irrational fear of the ocean. I mean, thalassophobia wasn't a, a word until that film came out. Right. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> he's not the most innovative director, but I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have Jaws, I, I, Raiders I, of the Lost Ark, and Jurassic Park. He I makes wouldn't movies I love that. and enjoy. I wouldn't say that. I, I, I would say he's an innovator. Um, Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind was yeah was was just a non traditional sci fi film uh, to right. say the least. It was incredible for the era that it came out in. Yeah. Uh, and, and to this day, Devil's Tower is one of the most sought after places to go visit on because trips of that out movie. West because yeah. of that movie. Um, Minority Report, I thought was incredibly good. It didn't get a lot of love, uh, but I, 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 thoroughly enjoyed that movie multiple times. Now, a movie you didn't mention that I will mention because this is my number one choice. Uh, do you, was, do you want to save it for that? No, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to do my number one right now. Okay. So it's already here. You're there. Um, all right. It's all you, baby. I, I, I think, I think Lincoln was one of the best mm. movies he ever directed schindler's list is is my top i think that was his pinnacle as far as as yeah, that, dramas that was, go that was a labor of love on his part yeah definitely uh, um well it had to be it was it's very personal to him for one thing yes it, it, it was a very personal story but it, it's it's a very dark story that mm. that that um yeah, it doesn't really I mean, fit into his like well we're, what we're, he normally does yeah i i don't think i don't think that we we have um i don't think that we have talked enough about world war ii to ever stop another world war and and that movie was just it was it was right for the time that it came out um, oh yeah and, and and you could tell that he had a crap load of love put into that into oh, yeah. that film he really wanted to tell that story and he he wanted to tell it unabated which which is what it was yep yep um ready player 1 has to be one of his greatest films it's just so fun um, i mean it's just it's just a crap ton of fun and takes you back to the 80s and, and there's it you can watch it multiple times and go oh crap i missed that little bit oh yeah it's another one of those like so detail oriented movies that you, you you miss a ton of stuff on the first five viewings now we 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 also skipped munich which was another in the same tone as Schindler's List. Yeah, it is based off of a true life event. Um, That's the Olympics, right? Yes, that was the Olympics when when the uh, the the players from Israel uh, was it that that were yeah, I, I, I don't remember that film very well, so forgive me. But yeah, it was the murders of of people at at yeah the Olympics yeah at the Olympic Village. Um, the, the, the Jurassic Park series, 
what else can you say? It's it's nineteen minutes is the mark in the first film that if that film is on TV and I know it's less than twenty minutes, I'm sitting down because that is the moment when they first see the brachiosaur. They're in the jeeps and the music swells and he's whispering to like that. That whole scene is just solid gold and i have goosebumps thinking about that scene as i'm sitting here i it's just that is one of the most perfect movie scenes ever committed to film there's a there there's a place in um in hawaii uh, on oahu actually where they filmed Mm -hmm. jurassic park you can actually go through the gates (laughs) <laughs> of Jurassic Park and into the the uh T-Rex uh the paddock. the T-Rex paddock right there oh my gosh i th- this man fueled my imagination fantasy imagination oh god yeah uh ET i come yeah, on i mean that's 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 more of an emotional movie than it is a sci-fi movie i mean it's it really it, is it, it it's technically a sci-fi movie but it's like it's it's you know him and his sister and this this poor guy that's stuck and he's trying to get him home i mean yeah it's it's a really emotional movie now and then and let's face it if you ever see a bicycle up against the full moon that's that's an iconic image forever it's always burned into the you know yeah it's, it's you know exactly what it is Drew Barrymore. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't even believe that that was her, but like that was her. I think she did that film. And I think the follow up film was uh, Firestarter, which is another really good film. But yeah, now, now you, you did talk about this film, but I'm going to go in to it a little bit more. Oh, please do. And that's Hook. No, I did not mention that film. I forgot about that. Okay. Robin Williams. Great just, performance. Just an absolute wonderful performance. The whole I loved what he did with with trying the whole, the whole concept of him as an adult. Yes. Try oh my Pete, god. Peter Pan as an adult. And Peter Pan forgot about neverland do do you know who had a cameo in that film as a pirate oh gosh as a a male pirate no do tell glenn close okay that does not surprise me (laughs) glenn close yeah that does not surprise me uh her and and steven spielberg were really good friends yes. she was she was in a lot of his flicks she's in a couple absolutely um, anyways uh yes he he made it to my number one uh and and i'm sorry that i'm going out of turn by by doing no, my number no. one like this but hey here we are that's how it is so I guess I should go with my number two, huh? Yeah. Who's your number two? Well, he was born 1950 in Lansing, Michigan. 
died of a heart attack August 6, 2009 in Manhattan. He has never won an award. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And he... Uh, oh, I'm going to hit cancel and it's going to go all the way down to <laughs> fucking George you Lucas. You mother pus bucket. Okay. Tony Scott. Here we go. Hey, do me a favor. Movies. Yes. Hit pause. Well, I can hit it. All right. Lansing, Michigan. So let me, let me, uh, I'm going to start naming off movies. And when you finally hear the one that you know, you go, you go and scream out to me who this is. Are you ready? I'm ready. 1979, he wrote four episodes for Delta House. Ooh, Kenny? No. No. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, God, what's his name? Uh, he, he did the uh, Michael Jackson video. He directed... Um, did, he, did, did he direct the Michael Jackson video thriller? I'm looking. I'm looking. I don't see it. Uh, how right. about how about let me go to the next one? Are you ready? Okay. Uh, the Secret Life of Nikolai Tesla. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. 1982. He directed and wrote a movie called Class Reunion. I'm still, this is not John Landis, is it? No. Okay. I do not know yet. In 1983, he wrote and directed the screenplay uh, called Savage Islands. Uh, No, sorry. 1983, he directed a movie called Mr. Mom. Which I've seen. And I... This is not John Hughes, is it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome (laughs) to John Hughes. Uh, I, I, I said... IMDB. I have to. I have to bring up my my little cheat sheet here because I had to shut my computer down for some odd reason. God only knows why. How the hell did he not make it onto my list? What the hell? Ah, uh, let's see here. Um, this gentleman. Uh, only <laughs> received two nominations. For an award, an Oscar, or just an award? Well, he uh, was nominated for the Stinker Bad Movie Award, and he was not uh, for Worst Screenplay, 
with for a film grossing more than a hundred million dollars for <laughs> Flubber. Uh, and, yeah, well, and he was also uh, nominated for a stinker for the worst resurrection of a TV show, Dennis the Mess. The uh, Razzie Award or Stinker Award? Stinker. Oh, okay. Uh, the two awards that he won was an OFTA Film Hall of Fame. He was given that in 2020 posthumously. And in 1999, 1991, he won the Show West Award Producer of the Year. John Hughes never won anything. Yet had films like, oh gosh, I'll just start at the top. Uncle Buck. Yep. Uh, She's having a baby, which is one of my top films. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Curly Sue, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Beethoven's Treasure Tale. I, I love the Beethoven movies. Uh, <laughs> Beethoven's Fifth, Beethoven, Beethoven, Home Alone. Yeah. Da, da, da. Um, Home Alone 3, Flubber, 101 Dalmatians, Miracle on 34th Street, Baby's Day Out, Dennis the Menace. Dude, Baby's Day Out is fucking brilliant. That is the most hilarious film. Uh, some kind of wonderful National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mom, like I said, uh, Breakfast Club, like I said, and National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation, of which European Vacation he wrote the screenplay for, Vacation he wrote the screenplay for. Uh, he was he was the director of the Rat Pack from the eighties. Oh yeah, and and I don't know how he did not make it onto your list because yeah, almost, almost half the movies that I just named off are what I would call classic eighties flicks. Yeah. yeah, even Uncle Buck was a classic eighties flick that came out you know, at the, the tail end of the eighties. Um, it, it's a major oversight in my part. I, I will admit John Hughes makes my list at number two, mainly because Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg had in Indiana Jones. And that was what put Steven Spielberg over yeah. John Hughes, but John Hughes had, uh, my my second ferris bueller's day off is what ferris bueller's day off is great but breakfast club was the quintessential uh fuck you to adults that we all grew up with in the 80s and and i mean the the movie made sense the movie made sense because they 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 break that let Dude, right here. <laughs> you, fuck you. I don't hear a damn thing. Just you know. Oh, fuck. 
I don't think you can or your computer is going to crash. Remember? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, people. <laughs> Here. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. I mean, I mean, how much more, how much more do you have to say in, 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 in that, that whole monologue right there, uh, they're basically saying that adults really don't give a shit about the kids. Kids actually have feelings and emotions and you need to recognize that shit. Right. It was it was the best. I mean, we had a teacher in high school, Mr. Valentine, and he taught civics and econ. And he later became a police officer, which goes and tells you the type of person that he was. <laughs> he didn't give a crap about the kids. He he cared, uh, and and he lumped all of us into one group you know that's that's what john hughes was fighting with the breakfast club and it was yep. just it 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 was great to see you, you see that totally gave bender a persona it gave him it gave him life and and it was life that Mr. Vernon just didn't give a shit about. It didn't have anymore. No, no. Uh, that's that. John Hughes, even with sixteen candles, pulled stuff. Long duck dong. <laughs> Once again, we we deal with with. Long Duck Dong, who is Korean or Japanese, or I don't remember exactly where he's from. I think he was Chinese, but I'm not sure. Anyways, it, it's the exact same thing. The, the parents, the adults, they didn't care about those kids. They didn't care about Long Duck Dong. The people that were housing him really didn't give a crap about him. They were using him to get money. Yeah. Or notoriety or whatever. Or prestige or whatever yeah. it was. You know, and John Hughes did these movies where where the kids where you started to realize that kids our age, 18, 16, they they were smart. We knew what we were doing. We knew how to to advance with that background. <laughs> I'm never going to say long duck dong again. <laughs> um, anyways, it, it, John Hughes really shaped us as kids. 
we saw movies that were about us and not about, you know, 45 year old men. And it was, it was fun. Anyways, on that note, that was my number two. So I've done my number two. I've done my number one. What is your number one? A little bit off the beaten track, but are you saying he's not going to be on my list? No. (laughs) So this guy, I'm a couple of years older than you. And my mom would take me out to see movies. Like I, I saw Dr. Zhivago probably when it first came out in theaters. Okay. So, I mean, I was a little kid and like I slept through the intermission and whatever, but this, this guy, he does, he, he only has 16 director credits to his name. Um, but when we started Ooh. talking about the word auteur, Oh, hey, this hang guy on. is the definition of this. Hang on. Uh, before you go any further, I, I, I need to play this. Oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. The donga need food. All right, you can go on <laughs> with your serious director. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking Dr. Zhivago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's like, I've seen these, you know, my mom took me out to see some you know, wild ass films when I was real young. Um, and then this was one of them. Um, this guy started out as a photographer before anything else. And so visual, he was all about the visual. Um, it, he moved uh, from high school immediately to become one of the youngest staff photographers at Look Magazine, which was Life Magazine's major competitor at the time. Um, so a single picture needed to tell a story. And that's kind of where he got his basis from. Uh, many of his still photographs are actually quite famous. And um, he, he excelled at photography. It was easy to step from that to filmmaker. Uh, almost all of his films are adaptations of books. And he, he developed an understanding of the literary translation into the visual world. Um, this guy's name is Stanley Kubrick. 13 Oscar nominations and only one win. And we're talking Dr. Strangelove, classic film. 2001, A Space Odyssey. That's his only Oscar win ever. Um, Hal. Oh, Hal. Yeah. (laughs) But you got to remember, like, this was pre-Star Wars. There was no other science fiction movie out there that felt or looked real except for this film. And, and granted, it was a little on the slow side. It's got its not so great moments, but man, even today that film stands up. Um, a Clockwork Orange, what a fucked up film that is. Yeah, but it's great. It's phenomenal. Um, the Shining. I know that here's Johnny. Yeah, I know that uh, I know the author doesn't really love that film, but it is gorgeous. And 
we kind of mentioned that just recently with Ready Player One. That was a big section of the end of Ready Player One. Yes. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Who has not seen that film? Uh, that is just a gritty, visceral, fucked up kind of film. But man, it's brilliant. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. I have never seen it. But okay. To, to not, not to go over stuff nope, twice, nope. but Full Metal Jacket was was really one of the one of the first war films that was put out where it was very realistic Mm -hmm. and uh i mean platoon was pretty close platoon was yeah i i think full metal jacket though was the first one to really really delve into to the realities yeah of of war and and i mean the oh god what was his name the drill sergeant um arlie emery that's it yeah was arlie emery in that in that film that that's what made him famous he was not cast for that role no he was cast as a an advisor and when he he was was trying to show the actor what to do Kubrick's like, yeah, you're fired. You're going to get in here and you're going to do this shit. Cause you're fucking brilliant. He even Earl even states, uh, in, in interviews that he was never an actor. He, he didn't, he was just supposed to be a consultant yeah. on that movie. And, and he was just, he was so good at it. Oh yeah. Um, his his visual style is very based on the photograph he loves one point perspective where you're just looking dead on at something his pan forwards and pan backs at that one point perspective just really it's a gorgeous way of filming that translates into motion and emotion and stuff like that um and he he used narration which film schools call lazy, but like if you watch a clockwork orange and there isn't any narration over it, it's not the same film. It would not work. He does it sparingly and he does it very, very well. It's that, but okay. Ferris Bueller's day off. If there was not narration in that, you, you wouldn't well no he was just talking movie. i'm just talking about like you're watching you're watching things on camera and there is a narrator you, you know, like then it's it's usually the 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 main character narrating what he's thinking or what's going on but like in ferris bueller he actually would would turn to the camera and and say what's on his mind as opposed to doing action and having a narration in the background okay, okay there were times that he would do that but he mm-hmm. actually narrated certain areas when he was talking about Cameron being sick. We were watching Cameron while Ferris was narrating what was happening yeah. and what he was predicting to happen. But Stanley Kubrick was extremely good at putting that into movies and having that context actually build onto the movie. Full yep. metal jacket had it. Yep. There there were 
there were times in almost every Stanley Kubrick music uh, movie where where there was some sort of narration going on, yep. and it was being used to advance the film. I, you know, I never heard that it was cheating, but apparently, film schools call it lazy writing. But he I, made it work. I I always thought that that really kind of made what his movies were. Yep. Now he had done a few films like Spartacus, for instance, where he did not have total control of the film. Um, after that movie, that's when he took over everything. Um, after the movie 2001, Kubrick actually made a deal with Warner brothers, which would last for the rest of his career and his life. Warner brothers would distribute his films. No questions asked he would just go i'm making a film you're going to distribute it and they'd be like okay sounds good that's it and i I don't think anybody else has ever been able to do that kind of a deal um and he was smart about all aspects of his films um he spent four years um before 2001 came out, just delving into everything. He actually collaborated with Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke, the guy who wrote the book and who is one of the greatest science fiction writers of our time um, on that novel to be adapted into that screenplay. Um, and Kubrick was not happy with any of the special effects technology that were available out there. So he put together a team of four effects innovators and invented technology to bring his vision to life on the screen. You know, when, when people are walking upside down and everything, those sets didn't exist until Stanley Kubrick made a movie. So like inception is, is all based on the whole move, the entire set around everything. That's Stanley Kubrick. That is all him. So from early on he's had a huge impact on the way i see movies and i i i love his movies and that is why he is my number one dude i think i think stanley kubrick 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 kubrick's pubic hairs <laughs> uh no i think he's a great choice he uh he did a lot for you see there were a lot of people that i i missed ivan reitman i know i miss him too man um you know uh, woody allen yeah yeah mel brooks oh fuck yeah you know, I, I noticed that, that we, we stayed away from like the, the comedian, the, yeah, the comedic. I, you, you had one and I had one ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but we, we, we didn't now we definitely hit, hit the ones that were important. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Uh, we, yeah 
John John Hughes. What, I I don't know how you miss John Hughes. Uh, I don't know either, man. Uh, uh Steven Spielberg. I. You know what we didn't talk about was the fact that uh, George Lucas. Really, I mean, Steven Spielberg was on his way. Yeah, but uh, Lucas was kind of the push or the impetus. Spielberg. Lucas was the he was the key force to the Indiana Jones series. Yeah. And when those two hooked up along with John Williams. It's magic. It. It couldn't be any better. It was brilliant. It was wonderful. It was it was Star Wars, but but in the 1940s. <laughs> um I just ah oh, those two. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um it's hard to pick it's hard. I hope the listeners understand it's really hard to pick a lot of the stuff. Oh yeah. And I mean uh uh picking a top 10 list like i said that's my personal directors those are the guys that i like and i hope other people like them but don't take us to word that those are the top 10 directors or no don't like i said when we started it's like these are not the best directors these are my favorites do not just opinions do not send me emails explaining how stupid we are we know how stupid we are we don't need emails thank you it's about (laughs) time (laughs) i don't think i could have said that any better (laughs) oh you're starting right in huh starting right in with the insults no warming up in a bullpen or nothing oh lord have mercy (laughs) Uh, I, I, I think I'm spent, man. I, I don't think I have another word to say about any of this stuff. How about you? I have nothing. All right. I do have to say that the show that you picked for next week, uh, I'll, I'll say it out loud. It's going to be the last movie show that we do for a little while. We need <laughs> to take a break after <laughs> after this one. Uh, and and I I know that I'm going to have to come up with some topics. Um honestly the the first show after the Lord of the Rings show which is probably going to last 2 weeks. <laughs> uh it, it's just going to be a sit down and talk and we'll talk about current events, things that are happening. Just talk about whatever comes to mind. Um, I don't want to think for one show. I don't think we think in any of these shows, but okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you think we don't think, but yet I spend 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> four days doing research and pulling up crap and all that stuff. I, I want to do one show where we just sit there and jabber with each other. All right. matter, of fact, matter of fact, that might be the game show. We might have to do we might have to do you don't know Jack that that uh that's a lot of of mechanical shit that you gotta put together in the background before we even think about that show i have a new computer (laughs) but we have to contact people too and get them on board dude i have a new computer and guess what it's not set up yet it does everything (laughs) it does it all um yeah so you know when we do that You'll have to have a cell phone as well as your computer. I have a cell phone. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I think a lot of people do nowadays. Uh, although, oh, Sam could actually sit with you because you could actually watch it on the computer and then do your answers on your cell phones. But she's got her own laptop that she could log into too and. If my youngest one's available, she could do that. If uh, Taylor, who you met last week, is available, she could oh, do that. Oh, your niece. Yes. Yeah. Definitely want her in. Uh, yeah. Uh, we could do up to eight. I have my friend Sam, who I want to to have come in. Jordan. And maybe Bob. Did you say the B word? Maybe. 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 Guys, we haven't talked to Bob in ages. <laughs> I we we may have to have a show with Bob. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. I, our listeners are are going to be missing Bob. <laughs> really? <laughs> On that note, everyone, we're gonna take off. Uh, go have fun. Uh, go to our website. Our website is davisandavisshow.com. Check out our booze. Check out our uh, yeah. shows. I, check I, out our stuff. I actually updated all of the shows that nice. have been released. So uh, the episode guide is up to normal. I have to do my alcohol, but I have two days off in a row. Nice. I'm going to get a lot of shit done. <laughs> matter of fact batman is gonna come out this week oh nice cool so uh i may be moving our dates to to put shows out because of my work schedule lately i always have wednesdays off so i think new shows we may come out thursday friday instead of tuesday thursday that's okay um, just because i i have more time to edit so anyways, Fair enough. on that note, I, I've really got to go take a poo. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Scott. Thanks oh, for sharing. I think we're out of here. Y'all have a great night and we'll talk to you soon. turtle heading. Ooh, I just bought Charmin.
just don't know what to say now. <laughs> Get the wet wipes out too. Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. I may have to go have my girlfriend wipe my ass. I got to go, everyone. Bye now. Bye bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.